Hello, and welcome to Goop Tales. I'm Maria Kalanchini, the founder, writer, and narrator behind these original audio stories. Goop Tales is a storytelling podcast for children created to ignite your imagination, broaden your horizons, and introduce you to different cultures and exotic animals, while also sparking important conversations about character traits. Now, in today's story, we are going to go to a chocolarium in Switzerland. Why am I saying it like that? Because a chocolarium would be my dream, a place where they make chocolate and they show you how they make it. And then there's tons and tons of chocolate. I eat chocolate pretty much every day. And if I can't find a piece of chocolate in my house, I go to my bag of chocolate chips because I know I always have a bag of chocolate chips for chocolate chip cookies. Okay, I want to thank Mordecai for inspiring this story. Mordecai, thank you. And I love your name. It's beautiful and unusual, and I love it. So let's listen to what Mordecai said to inspire this story, and then we will get into it. Hello, Maria. My name is Mordecai. I'm eight, and I live in Texas. Now, my idea is to get a goop named me first thing into the podcast, and he carries a vaulting stick. He wears a gray jacket, and... He uses his vault pole to jump over other goops. Now, there's a shop, the candy shop, and there is a line to the jar of candy peanuts, and he maybe gets over himself a little bit, and he jumps over all the other goops, and he lands in the candy peanuts, and he gets sent to Switzerland. Bye! Thanks, Maria! Okay, before we start the story, I just want to stay, say, stick around to the end because I have a couple things to say about the meetup and um, about the book and the website. Tales, episode 122, Me Firsty and the Swiss Chocolarium. Me Firsty was so very keen to be the first on every scene. He enjoyed the close-up action and wanted a front-row seat without distraction. But with his need to always be first, me firsty could make others feel cursed. Chapter One Once upon a time, there was a very eager young goop boy named me firsty. Me firsty was always keen for an adventure, and excited to learn something new. He had a yearning to expand his world. Nothing was too big or too small to capture Me Firsty's interest. Once, 
as he was sitting on the edge of the forest, waiting for Very Slow to arrive for a play date, me first he decided to look at the world from another angle. So he placed his head sideways on the earth beneath him and got his eye as close to the ground as possible. Then he stayed very still, just waiting to see what happened on the forest floor. At first, all he saw was brown dirt and some stray twigs and little spurts of grass popping out. But he remained patiently in position, and before long, he watched as an army of ants methodically marched in front of him, moving some sort of food crumbs they must have found on the forest floor. Me Firsty was mesmerized, watching the tiny ants join together to move food from where they found it to an underground secret storage. He was very impressed with their organization. In fact, Me Firsty was so impressed that the very next day, he asked Wonty and Wainati to come over and play a game of organization with him. The three of them spent an afternoon lining up all of Me Firsty's scattered toys and belongings, and then acting as if they were an army of ants that put everything where it belonged. Me Firsty felt very proud of himself for getting the twins to help him clean his room, all while having a great time. Wonty and Wainati loved every minute of it and asked when they could do it again. Why not? Why, why can't we do it again now? said Wainati. Me Firsty had a gift for seeing the world differently and bringing others along for the ride. But in his eagerness to learn something new, me first he had a sometimes frustrating habit of always trying to be the first to do everything. He was known to wear a gray jacket and carry a pole vaulting stick wherever he went. Using the pole vaulting stick, me first he would launch himself to the front of every line in order to make sure that he was always first, no matter the occasion. This was a habit that many of the other goops did not appreciate. On a brisk early spring day, every goop received a sealed envelope with his or her name on it inside of their mailbox. Me Firsty rarely received mail, so to receive a mysterious envelope addressed to him was quite exciting. He went inside and sat down and then carefully opened his envelope. Inside was an invitation. Me Firsty's eyes grew wide as he read it aloud. Dear Me Firsty, you are invited to attend the debut of a new line of candy at the candy shop. These candies are called goopers and they come in all shapes and sizes. At exactly 1 p.m. today, the first batch of goopers will be available. These goopers will be made of caramel and mixed nuts covered in chocolate. 
Each gooper is designed to take two hours to eat, so you will be able to savor the enjoyment all afternoon. This is the first batch, and there is a limited supply, so please arrive at the candy shop no later than 1 p.m. this afternoon. Me Firsty had barely finished reading his invitation when the phone rang. Hello, he said. Me Firsty, it's Lavalina. Did you get an invitation to the candy shop? I did, he exclaimed. Well, of course I thought of you. We need to get down there. And we need to be first. Because I love chocolate so much, exclaimed a very excited Lavalina. I'm coming right over. A few minutes later, Lavalina was knocking on Me Firsty's door. Popping up from the couch, Me Firsty grabbed his pole vaulting stick and the two of them hurried out the door to the candy shop. Before they even got close to the shop, they caught sight of a twisting line going down to the sidewalk. As it turned out, the rest of the goops had also received the invitation to the candy shop and were quite enthusiastic. Sweet Toothia was standing at the end of the line, and upon seeing me Firsty and Lavalina arrive, she lit up. Oh, isn't this so fun? I have such a sweet tooth. It's so exciting. We are going to get to try Goopers, she said. Me Firsty scanned the line and grew anxious. There was no way he was going to be the first Goop to try a Gooper with this line. And he did not like that idea at all. I have an idea, he said as he took a few steps backward, holding his pole vault. Lavalina's eyes grew wide. She had heard all about Me Firsty using his pole vault to jump lines, but she had never seen him use it. Oh, I love this. This is gonna be stupendous, she said. It sure is, said Me Firsty, as he backed up even further and then took a few quick steps running forward and vaulted off his pole straight into the candy shop, where he landed in a barrel of candy peanuts and slid to the bottom. Chapter 2 The candy-covered peanuts were smooth and slippery, and me firsty slid over them all as if he were on a slide. Reaching out, he grabbed a few pieces of candy and ate them. Spectacular, he said to himself as he reached for more. By the time he reached for his third handful, me firsty was starting to slow down. And this time, his hand hit something hard, and he came to a halt. Me first he found himself inside a plexiglass tube that was full of chocolate, and he had landed at the bottom. Pushing away some of the candy, he peered out from the inside of the tube. On either side of him were two enormous plexiglass tubes of candy, 
and in front of him were shelves of various different types of chocolate in every shape and color. One of the tubes contained thousands of pieces of chocolate wrapped in gold and red foil, and the other held what looked to be chocolate balls. Me Firsty's eyes grew wide, and he immediately wanted out of his tube so he could go and explore his surroundings. Using his pole vaulting stick, he began to burrow his way to the bottom of the tube of chocolate peanuts until finally he reached a small plexiglass door and shoved it open with his feet. As the door flew open, chocolate peanuts flooded out and fell to the ground, and so did me firsty. He landed with a small plunk as the door flopped shut behind him. Looking around him, me firsty was at a loss for words. Everywhere he turned, there were shelves, barrels, and tubes of some sort of chocolate. He walked over to a shelf containing rows of shiny gold chocolate bars. There were stars coming out of his eyes as he held his pole up and knocked a chocolate bar covered in gold foil off the shelf. It landed at his feet and broke in half. Reaching down to pick up both pieces of chocolate, me firsty heard a little sigh. <sighs> Looking around, he saw nothing but chocolate. Slowly, he took a bite of the broken chocolate bar and glanced around again. The sigh came once more. <sighs> and then a little knocking sound. Someone was knocking on the plexiglass. Finally, me firsty caught sight of a plexiglass tube running through the far side of the room. It contained tiny cows, tiny Swiss houses, nuts, cacao seeds, and many other parts and ingredients that went into the making of chocolate. Something in the tube was knocking from inside and waving at him, motioning at him to come closer. Me Firsty took another bite of the chocolate bar and sauntered over towards the tube. He was feeling very relaxed and wanted to take his time. Having never been in an enormous room of chocolate before, he was determined to take full advantage of it. Approaching the tube, Me Firsty spotted a small chipmunk holding a hazelnut, also known as a noisette. Pressing his face up against the tube, Me Firsty came face to face with the big brown eyes of the chipmunk, who took a step back and crossed his arms. The two of them stared at each other for a long moment until finally the chipmunk said from inside the tube, You'll have a lot of nerve, buddy. Me Firsty was taken aback, but still he took another bite of his chocolate and then said, What makes you say that? The chipmunk gave him a sideways glance and then let out another exasperated sigh. 
Well, for starters, you just slide on into the chocolarium out of nowhere. Then you open up the door to the candy-colored peanuts and spill them all over the floor. Then you knock a candy bar off the shelf with that pull of yours and just start eating, as if you owned the place. Me first, he thought for a minute. The chipmunk did have a point. He was acting a bit entitled. I'm sorry, my love of chocolate just overtook me. And I must add, I don't think I have ever tasted more delicious chocolate. The chipmunk gave a little half smile and then continued. What are you here for? Are you going to be part of our exhibit or are you going to be a mold? He asked. Exhibit? A mold? What are you talking about? exclaimed me firsty. Well, you are in the Chocolarium in Switzerland, the world-famous chocolate factory, and you are unusual-looking, but you are cute, so my guess is they're either going to put you inside this tube with the rest of us and make you part of the How Chocolate is Made display or you will be made into a chocolate mold. Frau Schmidt will most likely send you to the new products department, where they will take you apart, cover you in chocolate, and make a mold out of you, said the chipmunk. Upon hearing this, me first he grabbed his arm to make sure he still had it, and was just about to ask who Frau Schmidt was when a door opened. And the chipmunk pointed at it and mouthed, It's her. What have we here? The model for my new mold? Said a very stern voice. Chapter 3 Me Firsty took a quick glance towards the voice and saw a large, stern-looking woman wearing some sort of uniform with a white apron and a little white hat perched atop her head. She was staring straight at him. He looked around for a quick escape as she stepped forward. What are you? She said in a gruff voice as she advanced. Before she took one step closer, me firsty ran forward, holding his vaulting stick, and then launched himself and his stick straight into a barrel full of chocolate-covered cherries. He immediately began to push his way to the bottom with his stick. Frau Schmidt walked over to the barrel of chocolate cherries, stared down at it, and frowned. What is happening? My new mold! It moves, it walks, it runs, it pole vaults. I don't understand, but I will catch it, she said. The little chipmunk in the tube perked up his ears and gave a quick glance in the direction of Frau Schmidt. He didn't want to call attention to himself. Frau Schmidt didn't even notice the curious chipmunk as she was leaning over the barrel of chocolate-covered cherries, diving her large arm into it. Me first he was crouched in the bottom of the barrel, covered in cherries, 
when he felt a rumble and then saw a large, meaty hand moving around. It was searching for him. Where are you? She said as her hand swept back and forth through the cherries, narrowly missing me firsty. Finally, some other voices could be heard, and Frau Schmidt pulled her hand from the barrel as me firsty breathed a sigh of relief. I will come back for you later, even if I have to empty this entire barrel, she said as her hand withdrew. Me firsty could hear voices above, but he couldn't make out everything they were saying. He just heard bits and pieces. But he did hear, Yes, Herr Müller, I will have a new mold for you by tomorrow. It will be very cute. I'm cute, thought me firsty. That chipmunk said so. And he also said I could be a mold. As he thought about the peril he was in, me first he reached up and took a chocolate-covered cherry that was sitting on his head and had a little bite. The snacking helped calm his nerves, and he needed to think. After what seemed like a very long time, and after there were no more voices to be heard, me firsty decided to make his way out of the barrel of chocolate-covered cherries before Frau Schmidt came back to look for him. As he neared the top layer of cherries, he poked his pole vaulting stick out first to test the waters. Nothing happened. The coast was clear. Sticking out his head and looking around, me firsty saw no one. Frau Schmidt was gone. He scanned the room until his eyes landed on the little chipmunk in the long display tube, who was in the same position. The chipmunk was looking at him, with wide eyes nodding. And then he gave Me Firsty the thumbs up. Me Firsty popped out of the cherries and slid down the barrel to land on the floor. The chipmunk motioned him over and said, that was a close call. Frau Schmidt will be back for you. Well, I won't be buried beneath the cherries anymore, laughed me firsty. Now, as much as I love chocolate, I do need to find a way back to Goop World. Me firsty began to walk around the chocolarium, taking it all in. If he had to be stuck, anywhere. This wasn't a bad place to be, but he knew he wouldn't last here for long with Frau Schmidt on the prowl. As he was perusing, he came upon a shelf of chocolate figurines. There was an Easter bunny, an Easter egg, a Santa, a heart, a reindeer, a dog, a cat, a few action superheroes, a giraffe, a lion, an elephant, and many more figurines made from chocolate. Each one was carefully wrapped in colored foil to highlight its features. 
The giraffe was a golden color with deep brown patches. The elephant was a shiny metallic gray with beautiful white tusks. The heart was a brilliant red. Mefirsty admired them all and thought about how they were just too beautiful to eat, even to unwrap. Then he wondered if they were all made from molds, and it dawned on him what a mold was. As if reading his mind, the chipmunk called out, All of those chocolate figurines you are admiring, they are made from molds. The kind of mold that Frau Schmidt wants to make you into. Never, replied me firsty. Although, I have to say, I would look super cute as a chocolate figurine, he said as he posed with his pole vaulting stick. Just then, a door flew open and Frau Schmidt called out, Ah, there you are, my little mold. I've got you now. Chapter 4 Me Firsty was in the middle of striking a pose as a mold when Frau Schmidt came upon the scene and he seized the moment by running forward and vaulting as far and high as he could, landing on a very tall shelf containing stacks of white chocolate bars with macadamia nuts. Below him, me firsty watched as Frau Schmidt lifted up a big fist toward him and shook her arm. Then she looked around and spotted a nearby broom. Instantly, me firsty knew that she was going to get that broom and try swatting at him. Sure enough, Frau Schmidt made a beeline for the broom as me firsty desperately searched for where to go next. Just above him, he saw the open end of a plexiglass tube. Frau Schmidt was lifting her broom now. I will capture you, you little devil, she growled as she swatted at the top shelf. We'll see about that, thought me firsty as he leaned his pole against the plexiglass opening and quickly shimmied up it. Looking down the tube, all me firsty could see was a spot of green far below. To jump into the tube would be like going down a giant slide that led to, well, that was exactly it. He didn't know where it would lead. But me first he grabbed his pole and jumped, narrowly missing being swatted by Frau Schmidt's broom. Down, down, down he went, clutching his pole. Finally, me Firsty landed on a green patch of fake grass with a kerplunk. Standing up and looking straight ahead, he saw a tiny Swiss chalet on a tiny little mountain. Beyond that were a few milk pails 
and beyond them was the chipmunk that me firsty had encountered earlier. He was in the chocolarium display of how chocolate was made. Me firsty had entered a world within a world. The chipmunk was staring at him while holding a hazelnut. You're here in the display, the chipmunk said in astonishment. I suppose I am, said me firsty, looking around in wonder. This little world he had entered was pretty magical, and everything was so perfect. It was a bubble of a world. Then, in the most abrupt fashion, me firsty caught sight of something out of the corner of his eye. Turning towards the side of the tube, he saw an enormous frowning eyeball smashed up against the side. It was Frau Schmidt, and she was furious. She glared at him. Me firsty took a step backward, and then it dawned on him. Frau Schmidt couldn't get to him. He was safe inside the display tube. Feeling emboldened, he took a step forward and gave a little shake of his stick to Frau Schmidt's eyeball. This enraged her and she knocked on the tube and said, Don't think I'm giving up. You are my mold. Me Firsty shook his head back and forth and said, I'm me Firsty and I'm not anybody's mold. Frau Schmidt could see his mouth moving, but couldn't hear the words coming out of me Firsty. She was enraged and pounded on the tube again. Me Firsty smiled and ran down the tube to talk to the chipmunk. I've got to get out of here before she finds a way to get in here and get me, he said. I agree. That is a most excellent idea. Let me think for a minute, replied the chipmunk. Me firsty stood patiently and waited while the chipmunk thought. He watched as Frau Schmidt made a telephone call from another room, and then he saw her walk to a cabinet and pull out a set of keys. Me Firsty's fear level rose quickly. Were those keys to the tube? I got it, said the chipmunk. Run, run down this tube until you see a tiny field of cows grazing on fake green grass with hay bales in the background. Go behind the hay bales and you will find a small exit that very few know of. We display creatures use it to sneak out and grab a bit of chocolate now and then. Once you have exited, you will be in the golden hallway. There will be a path leading to a side door and another door down at the end of the hallway. You will be tempted to go to the side door the smell of chocolate will be overwhelming. Whatever you do, do not go in there. You will instantly be covered with chocolate. 
and turned into a mold. Instead, go to the door at the end of the golden hallway, and when you exit it, you will see four globes embedded in the wall. Launch yourself onto the fourth globe and go home. Go now. No time to waste, said the chipmunk. Me first, he thanked him and bolted down the tube as fast as he could, flying past small nuts, pails of milk, and a barn, until finally he came to the cows and saw the hay bales in the distance. He flew behind the hay bales, just as Frau Schmidt stuck her face to the tube again, looking for him. She knocked right above the chipmunk, startling him. I know you. I know you know where he is, she growled. The chipmunk remained frozen in position, holding his hazelnut, pretending not to hear. Meanwhile, me Firsty found a small portal behind the hay bales and made his way out. He was practically blinded by gold from every angle. The golden hallway was shimmering and me firsty followed his nose straight to the large side door. The smell was intoxicating. Hmm, maybe just one bite, thought me firsty as he stood in front of the door and reached for its handle, despite the chipmunk's warning. Just as he was about to turn the handle, he heard Frau Schmidt. Perfect! In you go, she snarled as she whipped out a large broom to swat me firsty into the room. I will make a mold out of you yet. At the mention of the word mold, me firsty snapped out of his chocolate trance and glanced at the oncoming Frau Schmidt. Then he heard the chipmunk's words in his ears and he raced to the end of the hallway where he saw the four globes mounted on the wall. Frau Schmidt was right on his heels. Without a moment's hesitation, me first he used his pole and launched himself straight onto the fourth globe and disappeared, leaving behind a bewildered Frau Schmidt. The globe spun and spun until he fell off and landed on a sidewalk back in Goop World. Picking himself up, me firsty immediately began to pole vault all the way to Lovelina's house to tell her all about the chocolarium. But Lovelina was nowhere to be found. She was racing down a heart-shaped road in Slovenia. But that is a tale for another time. Okay, now that you've been to the Chocolarium in Switzerland, are you ready for some chocolate? I am. Now, if you want to see the photos that go with this story, just go to gooptales.com forward slash episode 122. And if you want to also see the picture or the image of me firsty, you will see it there. Okay, a few things before we wrap up. 
One is for the Bay Area meetup, which I want to do in person. And I'm not sure how many people there are in, how many goopies there are in the Bay Area that can come out. And I want to make sure that I have at least several so we can all get together. So please write me, email me, maria at gooptails.com and let me know that you're in the Bay Area and you want to come to a meetup because I'm trying to get this list together so I can pick a date and time. It hasn't happened yet because I want to make sure there's enough people. So write me, maria at gooptails.com. Second thing is the book. If you go to gooptails.com forward slash book, you can still get an autographed copy of the very first Gooptails book. Um, and there's many more to come. This is the first one, and this is for U.S. mailing only. I'm working on the international right now. It's coming. And I'm also working on the new website, which is very exciting. It's always a process, but it's going to make seeing all of the goops, finding goops by different countries, by different continents, um, so much easier and super fun. So I'll keep you posted when that launches. And now I just want to give a shout out to those of you who have written reviews, left me voicemail messages, and just reached out because your feedback means everything. It keeps me going. I read it all. I listen to it all. So thank you. I want to thank Shira, Carter, Joe, Burks, Joaquin, Fiona, Charlie, and Rainana. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Uh, thank you so much for leaving me the messages. They mean everything. I put all of your ideas on a huge spreadsheet for future goops and I keep on going. And next week, I'm going to give a very special shout out to a very persistent yet charming Gwendolyn. Or not next week. Why do I say that? I mean next goop tale, which will be in a couple weeks. So thank you for listening and I will see you in the next goop tale. <laughs>